Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What's going on, my magical friend? I hope that you are having an amazing day. It's such a pleasure to be with you again, sending you a huge energetic hug through the airwaves. We have a fantastic episode for you today. It is entitled The Seven Systems Approach to Food and Spirit with Paula Sturm. This is a badass episode. It is in two parts. She reached out to me and I looked at uh, her credentials and uh, I don't think she'd ever really been on a podcast before, but I was like, holy smokes, this woman knows her stuff. Um, Then she came on the podcast i was like man i was like you crushed it it was it was about food but it's so much more than that um so we cover uh the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist because there is a distinction uh why you need to take responsibility for your health how mental and emotional issues are the root of disease the seven systems of health which is amazing the laddering technique to stop bad habits bringing in awareness of what you're doing and giving yourself love and kindness understanding the chemical addictions of the body and transforming yourself the power of of a food habit journal, the art of emotional intelligence, and so much more. This is in two parts. It's absolutely badass. So you're going to love this episode. I want to thank you guys who are supporting the podcast. The easiest thing to do to support the podcast is to do an act of kindness for somebody. Whatever it is, just do one act of kindness. You can share the podcast. You can leave a review. And if you want to do financial support, you can hook me up on Patreon. Any support is super appreciated. Um, I figure if 10% of the listeners chip in like a coffee a month, I should be okay. So if you want to support financially, I would really appreciate that. And I want to thank Liliana who went out of her way and she sent me an absolutely beautiful necklace that I posted on my Instagram and Facebook and a beautiful card and a little bit of sandwich money. Um, but it, I guess David Lombear is telling me there's something energetic about the physical. So I really appreciate that. And I know that somebody else sent me something in the mail too, but it went to my Vancouver address. So I'm getting my mom and my sister to hook that up. So thank you so much. It, it really does uh, mean a lot and the support is appreciated and kind of needed. So I love you for that. Um, for those of you guys who want coaching, who really want to level up, just make an inquiry on the website. Like we can basically go into peak performance, consciousness, fulfillment, all the stuff we talk in the book. Po- talk about on the podcast and design the life that you want um, but you need to be serious so just uh, hit me up over there if you want me to come speak at a group or you want to do group coaching or whatever that case is just hit me up on the website and I can make myself uh, available for that Um, thank you to my sponsors uh, sync tuition bit.ly forward slash gamma waves and get three free state-of-the-art brainwave entrainment audios they're amazing so check them out and also purium they have the premium health products and they're just bit.ly forward slash activate health and you get a $50 gift card. Uh, Remember to go to mattbelair.com to sign up for the email list and lucid dreaming if you want that. 
And uh, check out Zen Athlete. If you have not read that yet, check it out. Um, I'll gladly send the ebook to any coach, anybody who wants it, if you can't afford it, but it's an amazing book. Gift it to somebody, pay it forward. Um, leave a review on Amazon. I appreciate that. But you can go Zen Life. It really is the keys to self-mastery. Um, you can put Zen Music, Zen Entrepreneur. It doesn't matter. It's a fantastic book. So um, grab that book, check it out, tag me in it, share it share it with your friends. Um, That's it. So let's get into part one. But before we do, let's come to a powerful state of peace and coherence and self-love and kindness. So all you're going to do is you're going to set the intention to come to peace wherever you are, taking a deep breath in through your nose, holding that breath in as you imagine powerful universal light coming down from the universe and pulsing through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being as you let that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the stresses and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through your nose, and this time focusing on all the things that you're grateful for. Be grateful for your body, your friends, your family, a roof over your head, being able to eat. If you have a job, if you have somebody who loves you, get appreciative of life right now and just fill yourself up with love and kindness and just let that breath out slowly. Take another deep breath in through your nose and really connect to love and kindness for yourself and just make a firm commitment to be loving and kind to yourself so you can be warmth and heat for others through your own love and compassion for yourself and just see yourself being loving and kind and supportive and just make that mental commitment now you're the only one who can do that to be loving and kind and supportive to yourself to be your number one supporter i'm sending you all of my love all of my energy all of my support my enthusiasm all of my best wishes that you are whole perfect harmonious just as you are capable of doing great things so thank you so much for listening and uh, let's get into this incredible episode part one with paula sturm hello and welcome to another episode of the master mind body and spirit show i'm your host matt belair today's guest has been a registered dietitian for nine years with certifications as a functional medical nutritionist and a certified food and spirit practitioner. Her practice, Radically Nourished, focuses on helping people by using genomic testing, culinary nutrition, and mindful-based practices, all while keeping an individual's seven aspects of health in dynamic balance. She has also worked with underprivileged children and families to help make healthy lifestyle changes by providing education and support. By using diet changes and a specific supplement regimen, many have come off their medications and gained their life back. Her passion is helping people recover from digestive disorders, and she believes the majority of disease stems from the gut. Once the gut is healthy, oftentimes health is restored. She she utilizes a seven systems approach termed food and spirit to evaluate someone's mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Although food is powerful, the other systems of the body have to be aligned in order for the medicine of food to be properly utilized. All in all, it's a full-body approach to health and nutrition. Welcome to the show, Paula Sturm. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited today. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed um, when you reached out. I I got to look at uh, your bio and your work, and you have like all of the letters behind your name. Um, (laughs) Continuing to learn about health and nutrition. And there's a big difference. We may as well just start there about your work. But I have a friend, um, Roz Wilson, who is amazing. So I'll give her a shout out. She's the beautiful wife of my friend. And she's always very... 
concerned or like makes a point to say that dietitian is not a nutritionist. So maybe you can just explain the difference and, and um, a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. A dietitian and a nutritionist are completely different. So I'm a registered dietitian. I am also a nutritionist. So I can be called a nutritionist. I can be called a dietitian, but most nutritionists cannot be called a dietitian. So a dietitian is somebody that has a four-year degree from a university in nutrition. Then they also go on to do an internship, usually at a hospital or a university or somewhere qualified for internships. And then you have to do a year-long rigorous internship, take a huge test. You have to maintain your credentials every five years, doing continuing education. So we're always on top of it. We're trained in disease processes and we use food in order to help support those disease processes. So we know a lot about the body. So um, all systems of the body, we had to do everything, everything in a hospital. We were in the cardiovascular unit. We were in cancer units. I mean, everything that you can imagine in a hospital, there's dietitians there to support. A nutritionist, on the other hand, is sort of a generic term. Most people can call themselves a dietitian if they have even just a couple months certification in something uh, in nutrition, or if they've gone to school for nutrition but didn't complete an internship, they can all call themselves nutritionists and maybe they focus in on food, but they don't have the scope of practice. They don't have the breadth of knowledge that we have and the, the focus that we can take um, with food and somebody's health. So yeah, I, I think that a dietitian has uh, more authority in the field. Now, their dietitians do sometimes get a bad rap. And I had one of my clients sit down with me once, and and he had seen many nutritionists before. And he's sitting down with me. He's looking at me. He's like, and he's like, now what are you? I go, I'm a dietitian. And he looked at me. And again, you know, he's like almost walked out. He's, I'm like, what? <laughs> what? He's like, he's like, I don't like nutritionists. I don't like dietitians. I don't like dietitians. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I've seen nutritionists before and they're great, but every dietitian I see is always mean. And I'm like, what, really? You know, I'm like, they're like, yeah. He's like, they're always restrictive. They're always mean. They never help you out. And so there's this, there's this, uh, you know, stereotype that dietitians are like the, the food police that we, we don't give anybody like leeway. It's like, you have to eat this way and no, you can't eat any way else. And and I'm like, and I can understand that. I mean, my internship was pretty rigorous. It was pretty brutal. And there are dietitians like that. So he's not wrong. But I'm like, well, I'm a little bit different. <laughs> so I'm not going to be your typical dietitian. But yeah, and so dietitians also get a bad name because we support like, you know, the typical government diet. Like everybody, they think that a dietitian is going to make you drink milk and make you eat your 12 servings of grains and and that everybody has to eat the same way. And I'm like, I'm not that dietitian either, you know? So, um, so yeah, so there are some, you know, negative uh, labels that a dietitian will get, but um, I try to debunk all those. And I've uh, taken my, 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 my practice into more of a holistic way. I mean, even when I was in school, I knew I just wanted those letters behind my name. I just wanted to call myself a registered dietitian. I knew I didn't want to be one of those standard dietitians that does just work in a hospital and makes you drink your milk and makes you eat your grains and doesn't give anybody a, a personalized diet. I knew I wanted to work with somebody before they got in the hospital. My internship was, if anything changed my path, and even though I knew I wanted to be more holistic before I went 
to my internship and even when I was in school, I knew that that internship while I was in it, I was like, there's no way I'm ever working in a hospital again in my life. I want to prevent people from getting here. So I need to, and I knew when I got done that I needed to further my education, needed to get more holistic, get more functional, and uh, figure out ways to help people and support people with nutrition before they get sick. And if we can catch something before they go there, before they go to the hospital, before they have to go to their doctor and get on medications, if we can get them before that, it can make such a difference in their health. So that was my mission, and that's what I've accomplished. So. Amazing. Well, I like how you shared all that and, and, and the approach that you take from it. Like I read your website and I went over the bio when you reached out and you're looking at a whole systems approach and that's the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. It just makes so much sense. Like, yes, you can use food, but if you, if you don't have balance in these other things. And so you've done, you have, well, there's a lot of courses you've done, not just like dietitian, nutrition or whatever. You're, you, you're, what I see when I looked at it, you're looking to master like the food and health element of like what you're ingesting in your body, what it does, how it affects you and really understanding that on, on a mastery level. And it's kind of like the way that I equated is martial arts where back in the day you can learn karate, you can learn kickboxing, you can learn jujitsu. But nowadays you've got mixed martial arts. And if you don't have all of them and you're looking to compete at that level, um, then you need all of them. So if you're looking to master your health, if you're looking to master this category, then you need to kind of look at all of those things like, oh, well, maybe his fitness will matter. Maybe the stress will matter. And if I can mm -hmm. teach them to be less stressful, that will also help. It'll all work together. So maybe you can talk about um, what inspired this journey for you. Like, how did you get to where you are today? And like, what was the, like the driving force? Because it does seem like you're looking to master this field. And then your approach, I think is really beautiful. And we'll get into that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, kind of my path. I, I was, this is my second career, actually. I was a hairstylist prior to this and got really into fitness while I was a hairstylist. And, you know, I was going to work out, I was going to get in shape. And as I'm working out, I'm like, I'm not seeing any changes. This isn't doing anything, you know, I'm like, so I'm spending all this time in the gym and it's not making a difference. And my diet wasn't great, you know, in my twenties or whatever, but I was still in shape. I was still fine, but I was like, you know what? I really wanted to make some changes. And then I started looking into just doing some research, reading some books, just hanging out with the people I did at the gym. And I started realizing that diet really played an, an important role in that. So it wasn't just fitness. So I started, you know, doing, changing my diet and researching a little bit more. And it was more on just a personal level, how I wanted to be in shape. And so then I just started getting into like food is really cool. You know, food has a huge impact on you. And then realizing that food is actually more important than um, the, well, you know, not necessarily, but you need the exercise and the food. But if you don't have the food, the exercise just isn't going to, isn't going to get you where you want to go. So, um, you know, I just really wanted to get into more of a nutrition focus. And so I went back to school and got my education and then just, you know, really knew I wanted to help people in a more natural way. Um, just somehow I just had this, uh, you know, I just was like that anyway. I was like, I wanted to do things without chemicals, without drugs, without, you know, anything synthetic anyway. So I knew I wanted to do something that didn't have to get people on drugs or help people be healthy without having to do those things. And drugs don't get you healthy anyway. But um, 
so yeah, so that was my intention. And then when I did my internship, like I said, it really hit home. I was like, wow, these people are sick and most of this could have been prevented, you know? And so I was like, that is where I want my focus to be. It, it like really instilled in me in that moment that that's where my passion was. Get people out of the hospital you know, before they get there really. And so, you know, so many of this stuff can be prevented with food. It's like, oh my God, food is so powerful. The more I studied it, the more I got to know it, the more intricacies I got into it and realizing that food and even anything we ingest actually. So it's not just food, it's ingesting. What's, what are our thoughts? What are we, how are we ingesting our food? How are we ingesting our thoughts, our actions, our any anything that is going into our body any in any way air water all of that stuff that we need to live we ingest and we take into our bodies and into ourselves it's information and so what are we putting in there what information are we giving our body and so having um taking control over that is really powerful and i um even a couple years ago i actually had to put everything i know to the test i went through a divorce and it uh, was a, you know, a pretty stressful marriage and then uh, ended up getting a divorce and I have a child and, and it was intense. It's stressful, you know, a stressful life event and it took its toll on me and my adrenal, my adrenals just couldn't handle it. And my health started failing. I was like, whoa, okay. I have all of these tools in my hands right now. It's time to use them, you know, try to, to, you know, use them on myself. And it's powerful. It takes time, but if you're dedicated and you're you want to be healthy and you have that drive to be healthy and do those things for yourself, you make the effort and you make those changes and it's 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 really powerful and I know it firsthand. So I've experienced it. Amazing. I like that. And I, I find it interesting that a lot of people need to use their teachings on themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, it's kind of like a test for you. And there's this Ram Dass quote I actually saw today and I wish I could remember it verbatim, but it basically sums up to this, you know, the, I can't heal you or do anything for you. The best thing that I can do for you is to heal myself is to better myself. Um, there's nothing that you can do to heal me or better me or anyone else. The best thing that you can do is heal yourself, be the best you that you can be. And, uh, you know, so it's really fitting for, the opening of our discussion and you could take it with like, um, in anything you could say health, right? Maybe I'm really obese. Maybe I don't have any energy. Maybe it's on the health and the body and you Mm -hmm. can give me tools and resources, but I have to really want to commit to that myself. It's like, here it is, but no, I can't stop eating cupcakes all the time. I can't make this decision. Well, there's nothing that I can do for you. And that's kind of where like the mindset comes in. If you can kind of help people unravel themselves because I, it comes from some sort of emotional thing. Okay, usually, mm-hmm. right? Comes from childhood, comes from these different things. And you could say the same thing in business. You could say the same, same thing in challenging relationships. You know, you can give them tools, uh, but that's it. You know, it's up yeah. to you to follow that process. Um, so I don't know, you have a very deep well of knowledge. Do you want to go, like, how do we start this? Do you go through the seven principles? Like, you can just lead me down the rabbit hole and and teach me because um, nutrition and something is something that I've wanted to upgrade. And I've been the last six, eight months kind of looking at different things and, you know, being more mindful of what I put into my body. Um, Although my diet hasn't changed too much because I've been on the road so much, but I've been learning a little bit more. So um, you can just kind of start wherever you think is best. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly what you said. I, when I work with somebody, it's like we're a team. I'm not telling anybody 
what to do. I'm not saying you need to do this and then they go home and do it. That's not how change is made. You know, it's like we're, we're a team here. We're a partnership. So I'm going to give you some tools some suggestions. I'm going to tell you the way I think is going, or I'm going to give you those tools, how I think would be best for you. But yeah, you need that other person needs to be dedicated to their goals. They need to know why they want to do them. They need to take the initiative to make those changes I suggest and, and um, see them through. So if they don't do what I suggest, then they're not going to get any better. But there's a thing where something's holding them back. So it is something mental. It is something emotional. If they want to, if they're, let's say they, they're like, they binge eat a lot and they, they just don't know how to stop it. And they really want to lose weight and they really want to stop the binge eating, but they just can't seem to, even no matter how much they want to do it, they, they can't seem to stop. It's like, so, okay, so what is the mental picture? So it's not just looking at the food. So I do, I look at what's going on emotionally, what's going on spiritually, what's going on that's blocking you from getting to that goal. Why are you self-sabotaging yourself? So sometimes it's almost psychological, like a psych psychology session during, during some of my sessions where we're just talking about where did this come from? Like, is this your belief or is this something that happened um, in, in, in your lifetime when you were a child, something your parents passed down? Is this something, you know, what lineage, where did this come from? And just really exploring why they're, why they can't make those changes that they say they want to make. And so it, um, so it is more than just saying, okay, here's the food you need to eat, go home and eat them. It's, if it were that easy, everybody would do it and people don't do it. I'm the last person people come to see. They're going to see a slew of other practitioners. They're going to see their doctor. They're going to see an acupuncturist. They're going to go get a massage. They're going to go see, you know, anybody else that can give them like, okay, I can give you this quick pill or this adjustment or this energy healing, and then you'll be better. And, and, but they still haven't made those changes, uh, within themselves that they need to make in order to get to that next step. And so when they finally come see me is when they really want to do the work because you have to do the work when you see me. I, there's no other way to come see me and for me to just wave my hand on you and say, okay, you're better. It's not going to happen. So people, it's hard. It's a hard work and, and it's difficult work and food's really emotional. We're attached to food. And when somebody says you can't have pizza anymore, or we need to find a different way for you to have pizza. They're like, oh, that's challenging. That's work. And what if I come home on Friday and I'm really stressed and I really want a pizza? And it's like, how do you say no to those emotional cravings? So it's like, let's look at that emotion that you have, that emotional attachment to you have to some of those things that you really crave or that you can't avoid. And what is the attachment? And some, um, one of my mentors said to me once that if there's something that you have in your diet that you can't let go of, that you can't say, you know what, I don't need it. If there's like coffee or sugar or chocolate and it's something that you're like, I cannot live without this in my life, then that's what you need to get rid of. So if there's anything in your life where you're like, oh, if I had to give up chocolate, I would not be able to live. You know, if I were on a desert island, I would eat chocolate. You know, that's what it, the food I would bring with me. It's like, okay, well, then you need to give it up. And people are like, oh, no. But usually that's what they, they're, they're sensitive to. Maybe they have a food sensitivity to it or, you know, it's just creating inflammation in their body. And sometimes our body will almost just crave that low-level inflammation for whatever weird reason. And until we completely eliminate it, 
and don't have it for a while and reduce that inflammation and then they try to reintroduce it, they're like, whoa, I guess you're right. Coffee is bad for me. Chocolate is bad for me. Now I feel it. I feel it in my joints. I feel it when I try to sleep. I feel it in my head. And it's like, see, yeah, the thing that we, we can't get rid of or that we feel like we can't give up is what we need to give up. So, you know, it's interesting to look at that sometimes. And sometimes that can be the hardest thing for somebody to do. But to go into my seven systems, so um, the seven things that I look at with somebody, and, and I do this with everybody um, regardless, and sometimes I do it just mentally with somebody, like looking at their different systems. Sometimes people seek me out to specifically go through what I, what's called food and spirit, and we go through those seven systems um, really intently. Uh, with each system in focus and then um, really hone in on all those things. And those systems, we call them systems, but they're related to the chakra system within our body. So each chakra has is a, a system within the body that has many different uh, you know, things attached to it, emotions and stones and colors and foods and you know, many different things associated with each of those systems. And we, we're imbalanced in some of them. You know, one, two, sometimes all of them, uh, somebody has an imbalance in. And so we look at each of those systems and see where those imbalances lie and then see how we can support them to have more, more health within our body. Any questions on that? Or do you uh, want me to just so go I just, I just take, I, I, it's funny because I have like the window and the notes that I take as you go. So I was yeah. right in the middle of the take and I was like, oh, I thought you was going. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to go, well, but I'm like, maybe you have questions. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to uh, just speak on your thoughts and, and what I feel that anything that's happening in our lives, especially health related is, is related to emotional and psychological first, mm -hmm. you know? And so you're talking about going to the root, I think, you know, it's like we have this pattern and we're trying to break it, but it's from somewhere. And a lot of people right. don't want to want to address that. It's like, no, you got to go to the root because it's just going to manifest again or in a different way. You'll put the weight back on. You'll, you'll take the same habits. You'll, you'll, you'll introduce something else as the crutch when you got to go into that because that's real healing. That's health is how you feel and vibrate. And I, I'm sure there's tools out there in science that will measure the vibration of your body, but it's joyous. It's energetic. It's enthusiastic. It's positive. Mm -hmm. And you can have that body and it starts in the mind. And yeah. then, you know, like for me, you know, martial arts is just such a great tool. It's mind, body, spirit. And then that was my programming through life. And that's kind of what's like separated how I navigated life, you know, a little bit just from those three tools and just making that my fundamental um, process, you know. And so a lot of the times we're looking for the quick, the quick pill. You know, like that quick fix is like, hey, Matt, I want to lose weight. Great. Well, you just got to probably eat better and, and exercise in some way, like every day. And this is your, now your lifestyle. Now, what we're, we're conditioned to do is like, oh, but what is like this best thing that I could buy? What can I go out there and just buy this thing? Maybe I could get this thing that vibrates my belly and I don't have to do anything. Maybe I could go get this pill. Maybe I can get some liposuction. But, you, you know, you're not looking at making the real change within yourself. And then that's going to be going into that part of you that you're just going to look at. And it's actually not that bad. Just look at the root, you know, like it's maybe something that happened year four, but I find it fascinating that it all comes back to usually childhood or some sort of recurring pattern where if you just look at it from this, like just perspective, this, you know, higher perspective as a, as an adult, just have a peek. 
take a look. Now you're getting the information from the circumstance. Now you kind of have this awareness to make a permanent change. And that's for me the only way. So I'll just build that, build that bridge and let you keep going. Yeah, no, absolutely. And root, root cause is one of the things I definitely do with my functional medical nutrition background. It's um, integrative and functional medicine, really, but taking it from a nutrition standpoint. And that's all about getting to root cause. So why are you sitting in front of me right now? You know, why is this client sitting in front of me? It isn't something that happened last week, the reason why they're here. If, if they have digestive system issues or adrenal issues or thyroid issues or or weight loss issues, any of those things, they're not sitting in here because of something that happened last week. It's like, yeah, looking back, I look back, you know, from birth or even when they were pregnant, were they breastfed? How was their mom when they were, when they were pregnant? Were they, did they have enough nutrition? Were they born premature? Were they breastfed? Were they born C-section? You know, did they have a traumatic childhood? Did they have a lot of antibiotics? It's like looking at everything. Did you have any emotional events that were significant anywhere in your lifetime? I ask all of those questions. My intake form's intense. Like people are like, whoa, it's 20 pages. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so take your time. You were <laughs> thorough. Dang. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of want to do that because I feel like you're going to find like all of these things, you know, it's not even about like what I eat. You know, if I go in <laughs> yeah. there, I'm like, do I even want to push this button? <laughs> so, I like on the podcast. Yeah. Go into your shadow. Oh my God. Like, oh my, it's like a freight train. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So people are coming in thinking, you know, oh, well, I just want to lose five pounds. You know, you're just going to tell me to reduce my carbs and here, here's some, here's eat, eat an avocado and, you know, drink more water. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I, want, I don't know everything. So this could get traumatic. You know, it can. And some people do cry. They're like, oh my God, you know, I didn't realize that my mom or my grandma was telling me this stuff, you know, when I was a child and I'm still saying it now. And, you know, cause it, they'll be eating every, you know, a lot of, it's a common problem where people eat everything on their plate, even when they're not hungry anymore, they just finish the plate. It's like, well, why do you do that? You know? So I ask questions. I'm like, why do you do that? You know, is that something you believe or did somebody tell you that you needed to do that? And usually it's the message we get when we're growing up, eat everything on your plate, eat that, eat that, eat that. It's like, yeah, so we get conditioned and we're just used to eating that, but it's never been our message. I go, do you, do you believe that? I go, do you believe that? If you think about it, do you actually believe that? And they usually just sit there. They're like, well, no, not, no, I don't actually believe that. I need to eat everything on my plate. And I don't know what, and, the, and usually they're like, I don't even know why I do it. I, I feel awful after I do it, but I do it every time, you know, and it's like, and it's just a, a conscious program, subconscious programming that we've had since we were a child. And so lots of those things happen throughout our life. And if we've had stressful events, you know, if we, uh, we moved around a lot as children or our parents got divorced and, you know, maybe we used food as comfort because of any of those traumatic events, if they were picked on as a child in school and they came home and their mom fed them cookies and milk. And so that was their comfort. And so they have this attachment, they have these cords built around this you know, comfort food and they, and it's hard for them to not use those uh, things to, when they get in stressful situations now, if they were stuck in traffic or they had a bad day at work, it's cookies and milk, you know, because that's what they associated with comfort. And so it's hard to break those habits and yeah, it's emotional. And um, so getting that, getting through that and reducing that trigger can be a process and everybody's a little bit different that way, but there's a technique called the laddering technique 
that, that we'll use for um, somebody who has like, if they can't stop eating cookies and milk or they can't stop eating chocolate, we'll do this laddering technique where I'll say um, cookies and milk 20 times and they'll just give me the first thing that comes to their mind. And so we'll just do it 20 times. I'll say cookies and milk and they'll say something. Cookies and milk, they'll say something. And then we just take a list of those 20 words or those 20 you know, short phrases that they get first off when we're talking and then we build a story around that it's like okay what is cookies and milk saying to you maybe they'll have several colors like blue and red and then they'll have the words comfort and they'll have happy and they'll have crunchy and cold and you know all of these different things and i'm like okay what does that mean to you you know what do you feel when you hear those words and that's what they're associating with those with that that cookies and milk and so they can kind of look at themselves, you know, step back and look at the emotion from a third person perspective and, and look at it and, and not attach to it and say, oh, wow, I am just using this because it just makes me feel these, this way or, or it's bringing up memories of this or it's bringing up these, you know, emotions in me and that's all it is. It's the food, but it's just the vehicle to those emotions or those things. And then can we find something else that would maybe satisfy some of those trigger triggers you know maybe we um does a bath also make you happy does getting a pedicure also make you have some of those same emotions or getting a massage or just reading a book and sitting in quiet it's like okay how can we re replace that so we don't have to use food as that comfort means so yeah the emotions around that is is huge and yeah root cause is is big. So I'm always looking for root cause. Why are you sitting in front of me? You know, and what else could it be? Yeah. Yeah. You made a lot of amazing points there. And the only thing that I'll add is that you triggers huge. I teach triggers in a positive way. So if you want to get into a state, you know, of peace or whatever, or if it's an athlete perspective, it's like, you want to, you know, land this run, you need to be at this peak state, especially um, if you're going to try something you never tried before. So I can do backflips. And if I do a backflip, I remember this kind of funny story, this kid as in Whistler and he's on the chairlift and he goes, do a backflip. And I was like, no, nah, man, I was working on some other tricks. Right. But you can see them coming up. And I was in the really big snowboard park and, uh, but I knew I could do it and I hadn't tried it, but the jump was considerably bigger than, than I was used to. And he just goes, Oh, and he was so sad. And I was mm -hmm. like, because I remember snowboarding where it's just like when you see somebody do a backflip, it's like the most exciting thing. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I had to like put myself like in that like zone of like you got to go and land this like in and be in that state. And so I was able to switch my state, use a trigger to be in a state of confidence because it the consequences are now big. And if mm -hmm. I can't get into that state, then I'm going to endanger myself. And the, the best part about this whole experience is when I did the backflip and I'm upside down and I can hear this like eight year old kid just go, yay. And he's like <laughs> so happy. Um, but in, in sports like that, because there's an immediate consequence, this type of technology and awareness is, ne is necessary. It is a necessity. And so if we can teach that to everybody just to be able to do this, which you can, but they need a necessity. And what happens a lot of the time is people wait until their body gives them a strong, hey, look, you're at the hospital now. You have this big problem. And it's like, oh my God, I didn't want to look at it. Now you have a necessity to change. But yeah. it's hard to do it 
in the process of that, right? You slowly get bigger. You slowly start, you know, hating your life. You slowly get beaten down by the man, whatever the case is, um, until you get this breaking point. And, and the last thing I'll say about the triggers is that, um, it's the way your neurology works. So like, especially with food, it's all chemical. So mm-hmm. you're getting a chemical response, chemicals are released, then you become addicted to those chemicals in the body, and it's the body taking the action. And uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza has a really great way to put it. He's like, uh, addiction is when the mind becomes the body. And so it's like, oh, I don't want to smoke the cigarette, and the body goes over there, and your mind's like, I don't want to smoke the cigarette. You smoke the cigarette. I don't want to eat these cookies, but you're eating the, the body is like putting it in your mouth because the chemical systems in your body are, are activating. It's like, we need what that thing gives. And the last part is the neurology. So the more old it is, and the more you run into those patterns, if you have a depressive attitude or whatever, there's a lot of triggers that can set that to find that neural net to make you depressed or anxious, right? But when you recognize it, and then learn to snip it. Now you create new neural networks. You, but it starts with that immediate awareness. Then you have neural pruning, which starts to let those programs go. And then you build the ones that you want. So mm-hmm. thanks for letting me share all that because I thought it was amazing. And I just want to go deeper, deeper, deeper down on like why that happens because we don't want to do it, but we do it. And it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've, I've heard all of those things. And yeah, I totally agree. That's exactly what happens. And we have to get down to that. Yeah, breaking those neural pathways, creating new paths. How can we break that one and create a new one doing something else that's not so, you know, damaging to your body. And, and so you can get those same chemical feelings because yeah, dopamine, serotonin, all of those critical, um, neurotransmitters within our brain, we need those things. And sometimes our bodies, you know, get those dopamine rushes when we have things that aren't good for us. We need to find other ways to get that, you know, dopamine within our body. So we don't need to, you know, uh, utilize some of those things that may be more damaging for our body. So yeah, it's tricky and it's hard. It's hard work. You have to do the work and, um, but it can be done, which is empowering because we can definitely take control of our health. And I am a firm believer in if somebody's sitting in front of me, they're like, I don't want to be this way anymore. I'm like, then you don't have to be, you know, let's figure it out. You know, I, I, I hunt and I search. I've been called the, um, the, uh, who's the detective guy, the, um, yeah, basically. Yeah, well, I don't, yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, yeah, the yeah. Sherlock Holmes of nutrition or <laughs> Sherlock Holmes of health. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm like searching. I'm like, okay, there's got to be a reason for this. Let's find it. I'm going to connect the dots. I'm going to open the doors. I'm going to fit the puzzle pieces together because there's got to be a reason why you're feeling like this. And I'm, and I'm going to search high and low to figure it out. I mean, I did the same with my health. I go, there's a reason why I'm feeling like this and I don't like it and I'm not going to feel like this anymore. So I will figure it out. I will search. I will hunt, I will dig up whatever I can and just piece together information. And slowly and slowly, you start peeling back layers and you figure it out, you figure it out. And you're like, yes, I finally got it. And it can be obscure, weird things that maybe it doesn't even have anything to do with, with, you know, your digestive issues. Maybe we're working completely with, you know, mental health and, and, you know, uh, triggering your vagus nerve or whatever to stimulate your digestive system. And people would be like, well, I just thought you were going to give me a probiotic, you know, and it's like, well, no, it's, there's more to it than that. So 
yeah, it's, it's fun to just hunt and, and, and try to figure things out because yeah, I, I just don't want people to feel like they're hopeless, that they have to live with what's going on. It's like, there's got to be a way, there's always a way to figure it out. So. Yes, a hundred percent agree with all that. And um, so why don't we dive a little bit into like the seven pillars and whatever yeah. you feel, because then somebody can do like a set, uh, like an analysis. And I really love how, you know, you are the, I love how I thought about Dick Tracy first. I don't know why she's like, but you know, I could see the way that you did it is kind of how I pursue self-development and spirituality. You know, that for me, like enlightenment and inner, inner peace was the most important thing. And I definitely haven't found it to like this mastery of floating on a cloud, but I have, there's, there's so many different elements and they all work together and there's no quick fix. And I see you doing that with your health and your health is kind of this avenue to heal people the whole way around. I think a lot of your work would be more spiritual, emotional um, than even the food, but the food is your gateway right because you're yeah. here now you need help and let me help you actually and uncover this so maybe you can talk a little bit about the pillars you look at and how you mm-hmm. um work like that yeah yeah so the seven systems and and you're right yeah food is my gateway and i love using food to connect people and we need to eat so you know we can't remove eating so we need food in our body and food is really fun and people maybe i'm a little geeky and maybe other people don't think that food is really that fun but i'm like if you really look at how cool food is you'd get pretty psyched as well you know but um it's uh so many chemicals and so many different nutrients and so many that we don't even know about and you know how food can impact our our cells because it's information what information are we giving our body you know what we eat is what we are so if we're eating a bunch of junk then what do you think we're going to turn into a bunch of junk so if we're eating high vibrational foods and colorful foods that's all information that our body's taking in and that's what we become. So, so that is my, my gateway. And so I think food can connect in all of those different gateways really well. And so the seven systems I look at correlate to each of the chakras, like I mentioned, but uh, we look at root, which is the root chakra. We look at flow, which is the sacral chakra. We look at fire, which is your solar plexus. We look at love, which is um, your heart, your sh- heart chakra. We look at truth, which is your throat. We look at insight, um, your uh, brain, and then we look at spirit, which is uh, everything up the top. So we always look, I always start at the bottom and go up. Uh, we have to have a strong foundation. If we can't build a house, um, we can't build a house on a weak foundation. So if your root chakra isn't balanced, then you can't work on any of the other ones and expect to have a strong, solid house. It would just crumble. So if some, so it's always looking at root. Most people have imbalances in their root. Root is associated with the color red associated with boundaries it looks at um, so any boundaries within our life so do we have um, boundary issues with people like do we say yes to everything are we a kind of a pushover are we letting people take over us or are we too rigid do we have too many boundaries and we're saying no to everything and we're not letting people in and we can't have closeness with people the root is also associated with different uh, things within our body, like our bones and our muscles and our skin. So it looks at all of those foundational systems within our body. And each of those uh, systems in our body, each chakra is associated with uh, a gland, an endocrine gland within our body. So the root chakra is our adrenals. So when I had my adrenal issues, my root chakra, which I struggle with my root chakra, that's probably... That and my truth, I would say, are my um, 
the ones that I have to work on the most. So that's where my weaknesses are. So if anything's going to come in, any assault's going to come into my body, it'll hit my root and it'll knock me down. So that's always where I have to focus, you know? So, um, root is also associated with money and safety and you know just our basic needs like if you look at maslow's hierarchy of needs you know if we aren't meeting that bottom bottom pyramid bottom part of the pyramid if we don't have safety if we don't have security if we're not feeling safe within our home or we don't have enough money to survive or we're feeling shaky in that area our root system is really going to take uh, take a hit so we can have maybe issues with our bones, we can have issues with our muscles, our adrenal glands, our energy. Uh, so all of those things can be impacted by having a, a root problem. And so ways we focus in on healing the root is we look at red foods. So we use root vegetables and red foods are really supportive uh, nutrients, nutrient-dense things uh, that support the root system. So the foods like, um, lycopene actually has some impact for bone health. So we look at all the different nutrients and it's, it's very interesting how, and my mentor, Deanna Minnick, who uh, developed this system, who's done the training for me and several other food and spirit practitioners to, you know, uh, this is how we all use it in our, in our system for our, our practices for health. Um, she is amazing and she has so much information and she's taken and looked at all of these different nutrients micronutrients vitamins minerals and how do they support our bodies and how do they support each of our these systems so like vitamin c that's in tomatoes and things like that also support our adrenal glands so vitamin c is incredibly important for our adrenals so there's all these different nutrients and phytonutrients that support these uh different systems so we can look at not just food but we can look at how are we um how are our boundaries you know do we need to set stronger boundaries or maybe we need to be a little more relaxed so so that's where i'm not only looking at food i'm looking at do you feel safe are you do you feel safe do you need to you know what do you need to do in order to feel safe do you feel too safe do you you know keep people out and you know all of these these things that you you're afraid of everybody and fear and things like that so you're looking at emotions that and fear is a big one that can be um, within the root system as well. So looking at all of those things to support that. So that's why it's so dynamic and so rich. And you can probably talk for hours on each system and get so deep and so integral in all these different systems. It's, it's fascinating. And then how they interrelate to each other is a whole nother story. It's really cool. Amazing. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. I, I can totally draw the line, you know, with all of that. And it's a really holistic system. Um, mm -hmm. So you want to keep going and just go yeah. through a little bit. <laughs> we'll just do one at a time. And yeah, questions, yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. I can totally see how you could go infinitely deep to each one because um, life is a process, you know, uncovering is a process. You're aware of the things that you're working on. And that's, that's the key. And I think that what happens is we get unbalanced, but we're, but another piece of the problem that we have is that we're not kind to ourselves and loving to ourselves because we have this limitation, wherever that comes from. And if we can just have that piece is start with awareness. So being aware is, and then actually having loving kindness for ourselves, you know, just you know, we're kids, you know, you have zero to five and you're completely dependent five to 10. You still don't know what's going on. 10 to 20. You don't know what's going on. You think you think you do 20 to 30. You still don't know what's going on. 30 to 40 guaranteed. I talked to a lot of really smart people and the smarter they are, the, they, they know 
that they only know a piece of a piece of a piece, like one, one trillionth of anything, mm-hmm. you know? And so since we can't have all the knowledge and knowing and we're flawed, just to give yourself that little bit of space with it, you know, like go in to the parts that maybe aren't so shiny and you're, you're struggling with, but like give yourself a little bit of peace with it too. So I just want to add that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I bring that up with everybody is awareness. So usually first appointment with somebody, I don't just like bombard them like, okay, here's your diet. This is everything you need to do. And if you don't do it, you're not going to get better. I mean, cause then it's like, whoa, that's a lot. Cause we can go deep and we can go a lot and I can give you so much information in one, you know, well, not even one session, there's not enough time, but I can, it can be overwhelming. So it's always basically, I'll give them a base, a few diet changes to make some things to add, maybe some things to take away. But then it's always, I wanted to, want them to do a food and life journal. So they're looking at their, they're writing down their food, they're writing down their, they're checking off emotions or checking off their water They're checking off. Did they have community? Cause the root is also community. Did you eat with somebody? Did you have a talk with somebody? How is your community? Are you isolated? Do you, uh, you know, isolate yourself and not talk to people? Do you not have a strong sense of family or community? And if you don't, then you're going to have a weak root system. So are you having uh, deep, meaningful relationships in your community, and then uh, looking at your words of truth. Are you expressing love? Like all of those things, what's giving you energy, what's taking your energy. And I'm like, don't judge any of it when you're, when you're making these notes, when you're doing these things and keeping track. I just want you to be aware. Are you aware of what you're doing? And we'll make connections because don't attach to any of it. Or sometimes I'll just be like, continue doing what you're doing I don't want you to change anything with your diet. I just want you to be aware of what you're doing. I just want you to write it down. I want you to see what's happening, make the connections and see what happens. Sometimes, most times what happens is people start becoming aware and they make changes on their own without me even saying anything just because they have the awareness of what's going on. They're like, you know what? Every time I eat that, I feel this way, you know? So they make those connections on their own and I didn't have to do anything. So awareness is key. And yes, self-love. I mean, there's so many times where I'll write on somebody's like, you know, the, here's your plan, self-love. I'll just write in there and with a heart, you know, love yourself, quit judging yourself on what's happening with you right now. Just give yourself a break. It's like, yeah, there's a lot. Some people have so much stuff going on and they're so distraught and they're just so like defeated and they just think that their body's failing them and not working for them anymore. And it's so disheartening. And I'm like, yeah, you have a lot going on, but you know, just sit back. We're going to figure it out, take a break, and then just love yourself. Just love the process, love what's going on. Just give yourself a break and, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out and just trust that everything's going to be okay. And so sometimes it's just that, you know, give, be kind to yourself because you're, man, some, some people are really hard on, their, on themselves. And, you know, that's one of the things I struggle with too. I struggle with self-love as well. You know, that's a message that I continually have to work with too. And sometimes we're given people in front of us uh, with, with things that we ourselves need to work on. So the more I'm telling somebody, you need to have some self-love, I'm telling them, but I'm also telling myself. So I'm giving myself medicine as much as I'm giving them medicine. So, so I learn something each time somebody sits down in front of, me, in front of me as well. So yeah, those awareness and self-love are key and are often mentioned in my sessions as well. Yeah. So Next, uh, uh, the next system is the flow. And so that's our sacral chakra, which is orange. So, and it's uh, everything to do with our reproductive organs. It's uh, the color orange. So orange foods are really important here. 
also tropical fruits because they're juicy and moist and, and watery and um, they're warming. And it's the flow is also uh, to do with oil and water. So that's everything sort of more fluid in the flow. So the root is really rigid and sort of boxy and square and strong. And then you move up a little bit and then that's where things start getting a little more um, you know, flowy, more watery, more, you know, oil is very liquidy and, and, and flowy. So everything just becomes more emotional. So this is where a lot of emotions sit. And so we look at emotions and, uh, you know, anything to do with emotional issues. So people can have reproductive um, issues. If somebody is having trouble conceiving, having children, they could have some imbalances in their flow. Maybe they're too rigid and they need more. They need to have, you know, relax a little bit and flow with life a little bit and stop controlling everything. Maybe there's some too many control issues and we need to relax that a little bit. And some people, because creativity is also housed here too. And so maybe if somebody's having trouble expressing their emotions, maybe they need to be more creative and start finding ways, uh, you know, anything can be creative. Maybe they need to cook more artistically or maybe they need to paint or write or you know, anything, do some jewelry or any number of different things, drawing can be creative and can help open up those emotions so they can feel what they actually are. And so this can be a challenging system to work with because if people aren't used to, you know, expressing their emotions or feeling their emotions or even knowing what their emotions are, when they start feeling those, it can be really like jarring and be like, whoa, that was, that's too much. Sometimes it can just be too much for people to handle. But um, yeah, so that's where making sure somebody's drinking enough water, people are afraid of eating fat. You know, there's still people, you know, in diet culture, it's funny how we were so against fat for so long. And now we're into like a ketogenic diet, you know, where fat's everything, you know, so it's, it's funny how, how our uh, society works as far as diet cultures and, and different diets. But um, but there's still people who are fat phobic. They don't want to eat any fats. And so, so if they're not eating fats, then we're not supporting our cell membranes. We're not supporting um, the health of uh, our brains, uh, all sorts of things. So we need fats within our diet. Um, and it's interesting, the color orange, um, there's the orange pigments that are in like papayas and mangoes and oranges, things like that. Actually, those beta carotene, which are in orange food can be found within many of the cells of our reproductive system. So, um, so yeah, so people with uh, reproduct reproductive disorders or PCOS having more orange foods within their diet is really beneficial for them. So it's an interesting system. Amazing. Yeah. No, wonderful. Okay. I'll just give you the feedback. <laughs> Keep going. I had a, I, well, I had an interesting um, deepening of an understanding. So, when you're talking about the second one being emotional, uh, you know, uh, it, obviously it's important, you know, our emotions, but I realized in listening to you that, you know, we're not, and I know this, but it just got deeper. Um, mm -hmm. We're not taught how to process our emotions. We're actually taught to keep them in, especially the men, um, because it's in women too. Women, I, I don't know exactly why you're taught that. Maybe you can fill me in, but men, because it's weakness and, and maybe a bunch of other stuff, right? You got to be a tough man. You don't have emotions. And then the deepening was the, the emotions you can't help. You're going to feel that way. If something you know, you have a son or daughter and something happens to them, you're going to feel emotional. You don't choose that. 
You know, you don't even choose if somebody says, hey, you suck and you're a loser and the body creates an emotion and it feels that way. It might not be true and your mind can kind of work on why that's not real and start to kind of diminish that process, but you didn't choose to have that happen right away and that's what the work is. And so when we're in this competitive culture, where we need to be, uh, we can't show this weakness because then somebody in the culture could take from that. We're not processing the emotions and it's going to manifest in the body because mm-hmm. that's where it's coming from. So we're not taught how to process it. It's, it's, we're, we're, we're not safe. It's not safe to share emotions. It's not safe you know, to tell anybody about it. So you store it. And uh, so many people struggle with that. You know, a lot of my work with people is the same thing. They're like, oh, we're going to work on this. I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? And then I'm just like, boom. And then sometimes they're not ready to go all the way there, right, to get into that because it's a scary, it's a scary thing. But that be- has to become necessary and ideally culturally normal where emotions are okay. And we go from this competition where everything outside of you is frightening and people are going to take from you to collaborative, to open, to, you know, allowing, to supportive, and it'll become supportive within the body. So you got to be supportive to yourself first. So that's uh, what I thought. And um, keep going with the next one or add on to that if you wish. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, emotions are funny. We, and I'm, I was just trying to think why are women, because we are more emotional in general. Generally, women are considered emotional. But, and I think maybe that's all, almost become kind of a, you know, a stereotype in a way. Like, oh, women are emotional. And so maybe we're now trying to be less emotional as women and trying to control our emotions because we don't want to seem like we're unstable or that we have you know, that we can't, you know, we can't control our emotions and that we're just weak. You know, emotions are seen as weak for whatever reason. And they're important. We need to feel them and we don't have to attach to them, but we need to feel them. You know, anger is an emotion and we feel it. Everybody feels it. Everybody has anger and it's not bad. Anger isn't a bad emotion. It's sometimes people take that emotion, anger and do bad things but the anger in itself isn't bad. It's like, okay, how do we process it? I'm feeling angry right now. You know, instead of stuffing it, maybe just saying it or telling somebody why you feel angry and, and there's appropriate ways of doing those things and, and making sure we're expressing ourselves appropriately and, and not offending people and not hurting people in the process. And so, yeah, emotions aren't bad. I think just the way sometimes we either talk about them or handle them or, or, or whatever is around that is maybe the, the negative part or can be the negative part about it. And I think we just need to know, and yeah, we aren't taught how to handle our emotions. And so we're just left with them and they're sometimes they're difficult. And it's like, what do we do with this? And every time, you know, if I'm angry and I express it to my mom, you know, when you're a child and you get yelled at, it's like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I don't want that to happen again. I don't want to get yelled at again. So next time I'm angry, I'm just going to be in my room and I'm just going to be angry. So we just learn to hold it in and we stuff it in and then it just like lodges somewhere and that's where disease processes start. So yeah, getting in touch with our emotions and figuring out safe ways and the best ways to, you know, bring them out is incredibly healing. So yeah. yeah I think that's an important subject too, because uh, the way that you express it for women, I think it becomes invalid, right? Like when mm-hmm. you, when you, you know, women are emotional, quote unquote, you know, if you're listening to this yeah. podcast, boom quotes, don't get upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but because some people are emotional and then they're not doing it in, let's say a, a productive or a constructive way, they're, they're taking that emotion and they're firing it at you. 
Mm-hmm. And because they also don't know how to process it, you know, they can be imbalanced both ways, but you know, you create your own emotional state. So somebody comes up to me and like, you are a big loser and I hate you. I could be emotionally angry, upset or whatever. Now, not a great way to handle it is to go punch him in the face or whatever, you know, drop kick something epic. Um, that's mm-hmm. probably not the best way to do it. So I got to hold that. But then I, from this place of neutral, Mm-hmm. feeling of like don't react with that you know it's like okay I'm feeling this am I a loser or whatever okay that's not cool I can create a boundary you know and this is the kind of education we're not getting and yeah. because some people go too far on one side that's not the thing get emotional and fire it out you got to hold it and then express from a way of neutrality and then you know maybe look in and then uncover that whole thing you know just mm-hmm. kind of look at it and there's an example that I have uh, somebody on the podcast which was funny says um, I wish the host would just shut the heck up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's like one of my good things is usually not talking too much. And then I felt like all icky about it and upset and I wanted to like lash out at him, but I just processed it for a bit. I processed it and then I realized, well, okay, this isn't true really. And, you know, and I looked in and then what I realized my learning was that's ego too. I was stuck in my ego of being a good host, being a knowledgeable guy, but it's just an idea of who I think I am. And I can't attach to what this guy thinks for that one episode. So I was able to kind of get into some learning of just a little bit of a, an ego onion unravel um, through the emotions that I felt. So yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, processing your emotions and then handling somebody else's emotions. We're not taught that either. Yeah, when somebody else is emotional towards us, it's like, how do we react then towards that emotion? It's like, yeah, there's so much education around this that we just don't have. And so we're just like doing these things just out of reaction. And yeah, it can just cause a lot of harm. And I think that's where emotions seem like they're negative you know, and we're, oh, you're an emotional person seems like it's a negative thing. So yeah, so emotions aren't bad. They just need to be processed well and handled well. And yeah, and it can, and once they are, then they can leave, they can dissipate and they aren't an issue. They, you know, move on to the next moment. So yeah, so that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, the flow is a good one. Um, then we go up to the fire, which is another powerful one. A lot of people, especially now, I mean, every, we're so busy. Everybody's busy, busy, busy. We're working, we're doing stuff. We're always just moving on the go. We're stressed. And that's where we hold all of that in the fire system, which is yellow. And so a lot of people have imbalances here because we just don't balance our work and our life anymore, or not well anyway. We're we're working way too much. We're stressed. We have stressful jobs. We're doing jobs we don't really love, and you know we just harbor all of this, you know, stress within that solar plexus. Solar plexus, and that's where we house our digestive organs. So our insulin, our pancreas, all of those uh, carbohydrate digesting and utilizing um, hormones and organs are housed in that uh, solar plexus solar plexus area and so people can have uh, like where type 2 diabetes comes in or uh, metabolic syndrome where we can't balance our insulin and our glucose or we can't utilize those things very well anymore that's where that is that's where that comes in so if we're eating really high carbohydrate diets and especially like really refined carbohydrates we're eating you know a lot of fast food a lot of white bread a lot of white pastas a lot of you know, snack foods and processed foods in general that are just really high in refined sugars, refined flours, and that just wreaks havoc on that system. So a lot of yellow foods 
you know, can be either really negative. A lot of the processed foods are yellow, but then there's also really healing yellow foods like lemons. And those that's really good for your digestive system is lemons and, and pineapples, which is also really good for your digestive system. There's enzymes in pineapple that help you break down proteins and things. So um, yeah, those yellow foods are really healing. And corn, when it's whole, when it's in its whole food form, is healing for you too. You know, when you start refining down corn and refining it down into different flours and making chips and tortillas and things like that, so that's where it can cause some damage when you're eating those things all of the time. But food in its whole form is generally more health producing than when you start refining things down into little pieces. So um, yeah, so the fire system can be an interesting one. And a lot of people have imbalances there just because type two diabetes is one of the most common diseases in our, in, at least in America is uh, and probably in many other countries around the world. And so it's a damaging disease. And so a lot of people have those imbalances there. So really focusing in on balancing your stress and balancing your work and looking at ways of what's giving you energy, what's taking your energy. So looking at those things and doing more things that give you energy than take your energy. And people who, um, you know, exercise is important, but people can overexercise. So if people are really stressed, but then they're exercising like crazy and they're doing like biking for two hours and then lifting weights for another hour. I mean, and just like really over exercising and that can just put added stress and added stress and added stress and inflammation on your body. It's like, so sometimes I'm giving people prescriptions to like stop exercising or for a little while or exercise way less, you know, it's like give your body some, a chance to just calm down a bit, you know, and uh, reduce some of that inflammation and reduce some of that stress and, you know, rebalance your body. All right, guys, that wraps up part one with Paula Sturm. I hope that you enjoyed that. If you liked the episode, please share it on your Facebook. Um, if you want to timestamp some, some people are doing timestamps, use clipconverter.cc if you use it on YouTube and take one-minute clips, three-minute clips, and uh, share those around because not everybody's got an hour to listen to these things. But those of you guys who are doing it know how amazing these episodes are, these guests and the wisdom involved, so we can kind of get people in by those one minute clips, um, share it, leave a review on iTunes. All that is super helpful. Um, if you want to support me on Patreon, that would be absolutely outstanding and I would really appreciate it. Um, even a, just a coffee a month would go a long way if just 10% of the listeners would do that. Cause I'm going to be in this for the long haul. Um, and so anything is appreciated. Um, if you guys are interested in coaching, hit me up mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And we are going to dive deep and we are going to basically figure out what your ideal life is remove blocks um, get clear and understand it's a process but you will be well on your way um, you know and understanding all these spiritual metaphysical conscious law of attraction all that stuff and if you're peak performance and you're in a business and you're ceo and you want this through your staff or you want me to come in to speak we can make that happen too um, if you have an audience and you know somebody who needs speakers um, i'm speaking mostly for david lombear senapass who is open to speaking to groups of people now so either if you want david David to speak or myself to speak, um, please give me a call. We are happy to come. We're right now in Northern Maine and I'm apprenticing, or not Northern Maine, Southern Maine, like near Portland. And I'm apprenticing with him and he is absolutely outstanding and I support him 100% and I'm so thrilled to be learning from him. So if you want an absolutely outstanding human, 
uh, to blow your mind and teach you really what spirituality and consciousness is about, this is the guy for you. So hit me up for that. Um, I think that is it. Uh, check out mattbelair.com. Sign up for the email list. Get Zen Athlete. If you haven't if you haven't read it, gift it to somebody. It is an outstanding book. Zen life, Zen music, Zen business. It doesn't matter. It is literally how to manifest in a powerful state of mind. Um, doesn't matter what it is. It is really the science of, of human excellence. And I think that is it. Um, check out the sponsors, bit.ly forward slash gamma waves and bit.ly forward slash activate health for free stuff. That's epic and you're going to like it. So that wraps it up for this. I'll just invite you to come to a powerful state of peace and coherence before we end it. So just start by taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Take in another deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just come to a place and decision within yourself to be loving and kind and supportive to yourself. And just let that breath out with all the self-criticisms, self-doubts. Take it one more deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and really connect to love, compassion, and kindness for yourself. And I'm sending you that energy now. All of my love, my compassion, my kindness, and my energy, and my support for you. Just to remember that you are an infinite, cosmic, perfect being just as you are worthy of all the love and exploration and joy and happiness on this planet that you can imagine so thank you so much for coming on another episode i appreciate you and i will see you in part two